This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. Words of Integration and Guidance by Harold Kushner. I was sitting on a beach one summer day, watching two children, a boy and a girl, playing in the sand. They were hard at work building an elaborate sand castle by the water's edge, with gates and towers and moats and internal passages. Just when they had nearly finished their project, a big wave came along and knocked it down, reducing it to a heap of wet sand. I expected the children to burst into tears, devastated by what had happened to all their hard work. But they surprised me. Instead, they ran up the shore away from the water, laughing and holding hands, and sat down to build another castle. I realized that they had taught me an important lesson. All the things in our lives, all the complicated structures we spend so much time and energy creating are built on sand. Only our relationships to other people endure. Sooner or later, the wave will come along and knock down what we have worked so hard to build up. When that happens, only the person who has somebody's hand to hold will be able to laugh. A reading of scripture from Psalm 1 as rendered by Nan Merrill. Blessed are those who walk hand in hand with goodness, who stand beside virtue, who sit in the seat of truth, for their delight is in the spirit of love, and in love's heart they dwell day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water that yield fruit in due season, and their leaves flourish, and in all that they do, they give life. The unloving are not so. They are like dandelions which the wind blows away. Turning from the heart of love, they will know suffering and pain. They will be isolated from wisdom, for love knows the way of truth. The way of ignorance will perish. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Amy. A reading of Scripture from Acts chapter 1, 15 to 26. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers. Together, the crowd numbered about 120 persons and said, Friends, the Scripture had to be fulfilled which the Holy Spirit through David foretold concerning Judas, who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus. For he was, he, was a numbered, he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in the ministry. And then a parenthesis, now this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and all his bowels gushed out. This became known to all the residents of Jerusalem so that the field was called in their language Hakeldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his homestead become desolate and let there be no one to live in it and 
Let another take his position of overseer. So one of the men, this is Peter still speaking, so one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us to the resurrection. So they proposed two. Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed and said, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell to Matthias, and he was added to the eleven disciples. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, Raise your hand if you struggle with making decisions. All right, not everybody raised their hand, so uh, maybe there's hope. Maybe there's hope. Well, I'm raising my hand. And my better half raised her hand. Uh, We, I think, somewhat notoriously struggle to make decisions. And what better to do when you struggle with making decisions than plan a road trip together? Plan in parentheses, or in quotation marks. Um, So three summers ago, we decided, let's go to Alaska. We'd wanted to go there. I'd lived there when I was young and hadn't been back since, and Christy had never been there. And we wanted to take our four kids up to Alaska. That was only halfway through the trip. That was how I felt. <laughs> and so, um, you know, we kind of had a rough idea of how to get to Alaska. You know, you head south around the lake, then go west for a while. Some point, turn north, get into Canada, keep going north, and then some point, keep going west. And eventually, Alaska should show up, right? And uh, so that was kind of our, our plan. And, and also, what we did not do was reserve any campgrounds ahead of time. You know, why do that when you're planning a six-week trip? You know, uh, we were pulling a little camper behind our minivan, and uh, and sometimes it worked out really nice. We'd pull up, and it was late, and there was a campground, and we we're like bushed, and okay, we'll do it. But too many times we would get to a space, and there'd be more than one campground. How do we decide? <laughs> Sometimes there was two or three or five campgrounds. And each campground has 30 or 50 or 100 sites. How are we supposed to pick which site? Some of you know this struggle, right? You want the best site. And well, even though you're only going to be there for a couple of days, in our case, uh, at most. Well, so this happened a few times. We finally get to Alaska. Somehow. And uh, the town we got to initially had uh, a couple of main campgrounds, one north of town, one south of town. So we checked out the one south of town. It looked good. Kind of drove through the whole thing, talked to the owners, got a little bit about it and learned a little bit about it. We're like, yeah, this looks okay. Let's check out the other one. So go to the other one, drive through all of that. You know, there's some pretty good sites here, but the kids were like, no, we want to go to the other one because they had a pancake tossing contest every night. <laughs> and you could win prizes. <laughs> so we're like, okay, we'll go back to the other one to drive through it again and then find a spot. We finally found a spot. 
but it's hard to make decisions. It's hard to make decisions. And I will admit that one time we had actually set up our site and then we went for a little walk, you know, to just explore the campground and we found a spot that was a lot better. <laughs> so you know what we did. We tore everything down and took the better site. You know, decisions are just sometimes hard. Sometimes they're hard. And the disciples in our text today have a decision to make. Who is going to replace Judas? There were 12 of us that Jesus called to follow him. 12, we believe that Jesus still wants to be his apostles, but we have 11 now. Who's going to be the 12th? And they have, as I see it, a four-step process for making this decision. And maybe that will help us as we think about decisions in our own lives. And we should acknowledge that there's more than one kind of decision. And maybe we could roughly group these into life decisions and daily decisions. Life decisions are kind of big picture stuff like, you know, where am I going to work or what's my vocation, my career, what job am I going to hold, how long should I hold this job, should I take a different job, should I go back to school, what should I go to school for, or where to live, should I live in this place or that place, this city or that city, this town or that town, in this house or that house. Right? There are decisions that we all face that are of that kind of bigger magnitude or family-related, relationship-related decisions. Am I going to be in a relationship? Should I take this relationship to another level? Should there be talk of family? Right? Those are what we might call life decisions. But then there are also daily decisions that we have to make every day. Right? What am I going to wear today? What am I going to wear today? I will say that used to be a challenge for me as a pastor. What am I going to wear, and did I wear it last week, and will they remember that? Or did I wear it three weeks ago? And since I switched to wearing the collar, I don't have to think it's one less decision, and it's a lot better. So sometimes you can take a decision away. That's a good thing. Am I going to have jam on my toast this morning or peanut butter? Am I going to have an IPA or a Bud Light? Some decisions just make themselves, fortunately. So the first step that the disciples do is clarify the situation in the decision that they have to make. They clarify the situation, right? Judas is gone, and we need someone to replace him. And Peter articulates that to this crowd that is gathered, right? That Judas was the one who helped guide those who arrested Jesus. He had a share in our ministry, but now he's gone. But of course, the narrator who's writing the book of Acts doesn't feel that Peter has gone into enough explanation on how Judas is no longer here. And so he gives us some more details. It says that he went into a field and falling headlong, it says he burst open, let me get the words here, he burst open in the middle and all his bowels gushed out. So I guess we needed a graphic description of what happened to Judas. Um, and it's worth noting that in the Gospel of Matthew, there's actually another account of how Judas died. And it's noted that he hung himself. And so some say that this is a description of the same event, uh, and they'll try to reconcile that. But it seems to me hanging usually die from asphyxiation. And our description in Acts, apparently he died from his bowels gushing out, which seemed to me two different ways to die, but we don't need to 
spend any more time on that. But the point is, Judas is gone, right? And we need to fill his slot. So they've clarified, here's the situation, here's the decision that we have to make. I want us to take just a moment. I'm actually going to invite us to find a partner or two, someone sitting near you, and I want you to think about a decision, share a decision that you may have to make or that you have made recently. All right, I'm going to give us a chance to think about this ourselves. So find somebody, maybe somebody you didn't come with, if you could swing that. So you're going to have to try something, try that. And just share, here's a decision I'm thinking about, and I'm not sure what to do. And see if you can get some clarity on that. If you want to pass, you can do that. But just go ahead and take a couple minutes, turn with somebody behind you. I'm going to invite you to turn back around and face forward. I'm sorry if I cut anybody off, uh, but hopefully uh, this prompted some thinking about, you know, decisions you're facing, and maybe these conversations can continue uh, after we wrap up. And for those viewing at home, hopefully you found uh, a pet or a neighbor to share a potential decision with as you're, as you're watching alongside. So the first step... Um, clarifying the situation. Second step is narrowing the options and coming up with a proposal. Like, what are we actually going to do? What are, the, what are we deciding between, right? And that can be a big part of the decision-making process because if we leave it wide open with an infinite number of options, we'll never make a decision. And so what we see them do is sort of narrow the options and come up with a proposal. It reminds me of the, uh, the husband and wife who had been married for 30 years. And after 30 years of sitting and watching TV together, just about every night, the husband turns to the wife and says, let's do something really exciting tonight. And she's like, yes. And she conjures up images of a night on the town, dinner out, maybe some wine, a concert, some dancing. What shall we do, she says. Let's exchange chairs, he says. <laughs> Something really exciting. So you can narrow the options too far. Right? You can narrow the options to too small. You, so you want to find that middle ground of not having every option on the table, but not ruling out something that actually might be invited and it might push, push the boundaries, but also open up something new that you hadn't thought about before. So the disciples have noted that Judas was gone, we need to replace him, and it has to be somebody who has been with us and with Jesus from the beginning, all the way from the beginning of, with the baptism by John in the Jordan, all the way until Jesus left us. So that's how they're narrowing, they're using that criteria, right, to narrow the candidates, narrow the field, and then they come up with a proposal, and they say, let's go with Joseph who's called Barsabbas, and then it says, who is also known as Justice. So this guy's got three names going. Joseph called Barsabbas, who is also known as Justice. Wouldn't want to be his teacher calling roll. Or Matthias. Gotta love Matthias. He just keeps it simple, one name. So that's how they've narrowed it down to these two guys, Joseph or Matthias. Well, and as we think about our decisions, we might be thinking about a work thing, right? Maybe you've been in a situation for a while, and you're wondering, is this continued to be the, thing, the place where I should be? Is this where I should work? Is this even the kind of work 
I should be doing? If not, what are the other options? And so you want to think about what are the options? Will it involve uh, getting references within the same field? Do I go to a competitor? Is it a job that's local? Is it somewhere across the country or even globally? Am I going to have to go back to school or do more training? So we've got to think about all the different things involved with a decision. And so this is also a time when you might be brainstorming a little bit and thinking about what are the options. And we don't want to narrow it down, so we want to dream a little bit and think what could be called for here? What could be the thing that I'm going to do in this situation as I think about this decision. And I would say in this process, it is always wise to consult community and to not make it in a vacuum, to not make it without wise and trusted friends who know you, right? And maybe can have a word that sees something from a slightly different perspective and they can give you encouragement and they can help you in this process of narrowing the options and of actually coming up with a proposal. And so then we put a proposal or two on the table and have to decide. And have to decide. And often we can get to this point in the decision-making process and we feel like we're not sure. And we can feel paralyzed by indecision. I just can't decide. Right? We've all said that at one point or another. I just can't decide. And I think here's where the third step that the disciples take comes in. The third step is prayer. Prayer. They said, Lord, you know our hearts. Show us what we're supposed to do here. And so I think prayer involves opening up our hearts to God to the possibilities, to what might be called for. And prayer can look like a lot of different things, right? But I think it reflects that sort of open-hearted stance or intention. There's an old Latin phrase which says, uh, which is, says, solvator ambulando. Solvator ambulando. It is solved by walking. It is solved by walking. And so prayer might be just going for a long walk, right? Along the beach, in the woods, on a favorite path, and just kind of going with that open-hearted intention and just have sort of that open dialogue between you and God and say, what is invited here, God? I found an article on Psychology Today entitled, Mindfully Making Decisions. Mindfully Making Decisions. And one of the things they notice, trust the process. Trust the process. So if you have a process, as we're talking about here, right? if you're working through a decision-making process, trust that you're doing the things you need to be doing. Trust that process. And then they note, understand that there can be many paths that nurture your soul. Right? So there may be multiple options, which are actually all pretty good options. right? And you can see yourself in a variety of situations on the other side of this decision. And so there isn't necessarily a wrong decision in that situation. And whatever you decide, God can use wherever you land to nurture your soul, to grow you, and to allow you to be a gift to others. And then they note, in mindfully making decisions, breathe. Breathe. Never hurts to remember 
just to breathe, especially when we're feeling in that sort of paralyzed by indecision. And as we breathe, it can almost be an exhale of entrusting and releasing it to God, right? Just allowing that anxiety, that stress, that worry, because often if we're talking about life decisions, these are big, right? And life is going to be different on the other side of this decision. And so just exhale and release it to God. And then inhale, trust. Inhale that God will go with you, whichever path you choose. Some of us have been reading a book by Richard Rohr, The Naked Now. And he describes prayer there, among other things, as resonance. As resonance. And I love that because it's when you have that sort of open-hearted stance. And prayer doesn't always mean just verbally asking God for things. It may include that, right? But it also can just be simply being present with an open heart and an open mind. And as you do that, and as you're taking that walk, and as you're being open-hearted, is there something that is resonating? Right? And I think when you sense that, that can be God saying, this might be the way for you to go. It might be a nudge from God. And so prayer we can think of as resonance. So the first step is clarifying the situation. Second, making our proposal after we've narrowed the options. Three, prayer. The fourth step the disciples use is not necessarily I one, I, one I recommend, and that is roll the dice. Roll the dice. It says after they go through all this process, then they cast lots, which is literally like rolling the dice sort of a, a, what we might call a chance game that comes up with a result. But see, they've trusted that they've gone through a certain process that's gotten them to a point, and now they want to leave it to God's hands. And this way, personal agendas are out of the way, right? And it's not, well, so-and-so, you know, we've got this many people that are going to vote for Matthias, and this many people um, for, what was his name? Three names, Joseph, Barsabbas, Justice, right? And the problem with going that route and taking a vote is... There'll be a winning and a losing side. So maybe this isn't actually such a bad approach in the end, right? Because they've laid it out, and now they entrust it to God, and the decision is what it is. And it wasn't one side making a power play over another. But for us, I won't necessarily... If you want to roll the dice, that's just fine. But I would say, let's just make number four, make the decision. Make the decision. And maybe there's multiple means you'll use to come up to that point. But at some point, we have to make the decision. And I think once you've made that decision, the invitation is then to be where you are or where that lands you and to live in that, right? Not to live in the past, not to live in the what-ifs, not to live in the, well, if we hadn't done that, this could have been the thing, right? And we've all played that game, all of us. We've all made these kinds of decisions, and then we've looked back and said, you know, if we'd done this, maybe this would have happened, right? But that's water under the bridge. And so be where you are once you've made that decision. Keep growing and don't go it alone. Parker Palmer tells the story of a friend of his. He says, I have a friend who's devoted most of his adult life to resisting the madness of war through actions of justice and peace. And he describes the life that this friend of his lives. He says he's done everything from painfully unearthing the seeds of violence in his, pers- in his own personal life to living in poverty so that he'll stay below the taxation level. 
Because if he doesn't earn enough, then he doesn't have to pay taxes, and he knows that a large portion of our taxes in this country go toward military and war, and his commitment as a person of peace didn't feel that that was something he could do. And so he owned nothing in his own name because if he did, the government could collect it as back taxes. And the money that he should have given the government over the years, he's donated to peace and justice projects instead. And Palmer asks, does he have any results to show for his efforts? Because we might wonder about some of his life choices there. Has he been effective? Palmer says, hardly. At least, not by the normal calculus. His years of commitment to peacemaking have been years of steady increase in wars, in rumors of wars. So Palmer asks, how does he stay healthy and sane, knowing that juxtaposition? How does he maintain a commitment to this active sort of life? Well, the friend answered, I've never asked myself if I was being effective, but only if I was being faithful. And Palmer says, he judges his action not by the results it gets, but by its fidelity to his own calling and identity. And I love this story because it highlights someone who has made a decision at the outset to be something. He's decided how he wants to be in the world. And that decision to be a certain way in the world then helps all of those decisions about what to do make sense. One more tip from the article on mindful decision-making. It says, focus on being and not doing. Focus on being and not doing. And so in closing, I think the invitation is to wonder and to ask, who and how is God calling me to be? What kind of person is God inviting me to be? And if we can answer the question about how to be, I think all of our decisions about what to do, well, maybe they'll begin to fall into place. Amen. Namaste. to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Holland Area Arts Council in downtown Holland. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org. Music